is Sylvia Schneider and Diana Balbar with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the internet horse community. Episode 179, How's That Saddle Fitting? Recorded on March 11, 2019. Brought to you in part by Pondside Digital Media with online strategy consulting and advising by sylviaschneider.ca. And this episode is also brought to you by you, our listeners, through your generous Patreon donations at patreon.com slash equinepodcast. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider. And I'm Diana Belbar. This episode will include... A little catching up. An interview with Double J saddle fitter Julie Fassette. And then we'll let you get on with your chores. No more excuses. Oh, no more excuses. That's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, Diana, how's the lambing going? <laughs> Just one ewe left and uh, one little bottle feeder. Well, so how come you have a bottle-fed lamb? What's the scoop? (laughs) Well, she still has her mother. But she's, oh, it's a she? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she's competing with her big brother. Mm-hmm. So, plus, another lamb is following her around and sneaking in after her mother identifies her. He sneaks in, pushes her out. Oh, nice. And steals the teat, yeah. So, we just don't have enough individual stalls to break them all up. Oh, right. Well, it's not like you're raising ovines uh, for a living, you know. <laughs> no. like, that's not what you do. That's... <laughs> This is kind of like a hobby farm thing, right? Mm, and right now, the sheep have taken over most of my horse barn. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, speaking of lambing. <laughs> yes, other babies are coming. Well, yeah, other babies are coming. Do you have any Do you have any baby horses? If so, let us know about it for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, but human ones are coming too, Diana. <laughs> <laughs> Last Tuesday, while we were recording, I was being made a grandma for the third time. Ooh. My youngest son and his wife had a darling little boy and their daughter is now a big sister. Oh, that's awesome. And he also has a cousin very close in age, yeah. didn't you? Just your oldest it's, son. It's, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. They're uh, all having wonderful little children. and At the same time, which yeah. is really awesome. It is. My it, daughter would approve. It makes it a wonderful family. She, she was... She was an only in the middle of all the others. She had all much older cousins. Oh, I bet that yeah. grew her up quickly. <laughs> well, she had lots of people to spoil her. Ah, But well, not there. to play with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty awesome, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to this summer. My yeah. daughter sent me a text message mm-hmm. with a photo of a drawing she found taped to her daughter's wall. Mm-hmm. She was tucking her in for the night. Your grandchild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she sees this this picture, so she takes a photo of it, sends it to me by text, and it's a barn uh-huh. and a horse <laughs> with the, and, a, and a big sun in the background, with the words "Where I want to be." Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. So just enough to make this grandma's heart thump a little faster. Aww. Yeah, I can hardly <laughs> wait, and you know, especially now that I can walk and run and ride oh, again. Yeah, yeah, it's just going to be an awesome summer. We're going to have to do some riding planning. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And speaking of the summer, at our last horse club meeting, we were talking about the two upcoming shows. We've got a spring show and a summer show coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had such a good meeting. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, our vet, uh, Dr. Deb Carroll, mm-hmm. put together a, um, what do you call it, Jeopardy. Jeopardy game? Dum, 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 <laughs> dum, 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 dum. Right? With all these hilarious headings, and people had to get, you know, beat the buzzers, only we were using flags. 
and pick pick questions to rattle off on and it was very entertaining and very educational so was this was just for fun at the meeting or are you this guys going to do fun this at the meeting oh i thought maybe you were going to do it at the show or something because that would be fun <laughs> yeah maybe actually yeah. i've trail days <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i may have talked deb into doing this for one of my safety fairs oh so yeah that would be just awesome yeah mm-hmm. well so give me an example of one of the things that they did uh uh okay so how about um what do you do with a um with a solar abscess <laughs> okay i give up what do you do <laughs> so you don't know what the best treatment is for a solar abscess no <laughs> so first you have to know that a solar abscess is an abscess on the soul oh okay okay <laughs> see you got caught the same way i did i'm going what the heck is a solar abscess a solar abscess is on the soul can i answer now sure <laughs> cut it out <laughs> yeah poultice Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just funny. Anyway. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was pretty. Okay. It was pretty. Comical. When you hear abscess, I don't right away. Of course, I think teeth. <laughs> no. no, I've had much. I've had some horrible abscesses to deal with over time. Aww. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, it was. Uh, it was a. It was a really fun way to get a little more education in there for the, yeah. for the group. So yeah, it was great. Cool. Yeah. Well, we have only one interview this time around, and mm-hmm. it's with the saddle fitter, Julie Fassat. Right. And, you know, I remember being quite stunned at the Farm Fair Equine Wellness Expo when I saw all the measurements that Julie takes into consideration when measuring a rider for a saddle. Yeah, never mind the horse. Never mind the, the horse. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Anyway, so I think our listeners are going to be really surprised about all that a rider needs to take into to consideration when buying a saddle for their horse for them and their horse yes absolutely <laughs> let's have a listen so i'm here at farm fair international 2018 with julie facet and julie we just finished watching your um instructional talk on saddle fitting and saddle fitting not just for the horse but also for the rider That's and correct, it was yeah fascinating i loved it so um first before we start can you tell our our listeners a little bit more about who julie facette is so julie facette is um a small town girl from um arlie saskatchewan and um i started my double j uh saddle fitting um when i was having personal problems fitting horses i had no idea where to go i think i spent an entire barrel season um trying to find a saddle that not only fit my style of riding, but um, fit my horse as well. Now you, that was back in um, oh, uh, 1993, and you were a barrel racer. That is so correct. So as you were moving up in the ranks, it became more and more important to have the right fitting um, saddle. And yes. I know you said you started with a pony, right? Yes, like I basically did. a chunky, a chunky little horse that was 14 hands. Yes, and that's then very you must correct. have did you move up when did you move up into a different so when I was 16 my dad said do you want a horse or do you want a car and I said of course dad I want the horse (laughs) and then I want a truck and trailer (laughs) yeah exactly so I said I know I could always um work and get my own money to buy my own car so I said yeah I'd like to get a bigger horse so mom and dad for my 16th birthday bought me that bigger horse or that kind of the step up horse where I had to train them and get them going and yeah that was my 
step-up horse to go. Now, I know that what you said to us was things have changed a lot. So the style of horse has changed a lot from more of a racing-type quarter horse or a, a narrower, uh, more slender-type horse to horses that are more muscled, that are wider, um, stronger, more bone. And so their saddle fitting, their saddle requirements have changed. And this is where you say that uh, um, people need help when it comes to fitting their horses and fitting themselves. Yes, that's very true. Um, Our horses have changed so much in the past six, ten years um, from, like you said, that narrower horse to the more stockier, a longer back, shorter back, somewhere in between, but the top loins have got so much more wider as well, and the bone density has gotten thicker to be able to handle the long miles and the different ground and types of arenas that we run in nowadays, and so the saddle technology had to keep up to our ever-changing horses, for sure. So the number one thing you wanted everybody to know was how to measure what length of bar your horse requires. Yes, that's correct. So what we want to do is we want to um, measure from behind the scapula, and from the scapula is their shoulder blade. So you want to go three inches, or right behind the scapula, I should say. Sorry, pardon me. And we want to measure, and we want to go across their 18th rib. And you can feel that. You can feel that last rib on their body your fingers will actually curl in behind that 18th rib and so then we just measure the exact distance from point a to point b and that'll tell us the length of that horse's back and that way we can then know from our seat size if our bars are going to hang out past their 18th rib or not and and you said a half an inch to an inch that's okay but if you're going to be three inches over with just the bar and you also told people so the bar is um, actually measured from concho concho to concho concho, right so from the concho at the front to the concho behind the the seat itself so and then so there is some leather sticking out the back but you said that's not as big a concern yes that's true Um, it's the actual components of your saddle so the actual physical bar it's okay that the leather will be out over the front of the scapula and same thing over the 18th rib but if your horse only has a 21 inch back and you the rider need a 24 inch length of the bar you're going to be three inches over that horse's 18th rib so there will be no more body left on that horse to be able to distribute that weight and then also then bars are going to be sticking out too far so if you're a barrel racer we really need our horses to get down and gritty to be able to turn and then bars are going to be banging in them horses and causing physical problems so if you really want to be competitive or if what you're doing is competitive you need to make sure you've got not only the right size saddle but the right size of the horse. That's correct. So yes. it's a real conundrum it if your is. horse can't carry the length of saddle that you as a rider require. And here's the other thing that so surprised me. The length of the saddle bar is not... Uh, be- because of your height no. or your leg length. It's your width of your thigh, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, it, each individual is different, just like each horse is an individual as well. So um, with me, I'm, I'm short and stocky. Uh, I got a bigger thigh and a shorter arm. So that means I'm always going to have to reach ahead for my saddle horn and I need a bigger seat size. So I do know that I need a horse with, with a, a longer, longer back. back. Yes. Aww. So that, that was awesome. So you talked 
talked about the different ways that people can measure for their horse. So we talked about the length of the bar. And then you talked about um, the gullet, how you used, um, explain the simple tool to measure up the gullet. And I think that's where you were talking about behind the scapula. Yes. Right? So we, um, you can use uh, an old coat hanger, and I just uh, unravel it, get it to the nicest, straightest part. And then I would just cut the ends and make sure um, you measure the center. So you have on each side of center you have exactly the same um, length yes and then also measure your um, coat hanger a right and left side because your horse is right and left and your horse is going to be a either a right side dominant or a left side so dominant. more muscled up on one side or the versus other, the other which yes. can cause issues too yeah it's going to change your, all your angles as well and you also said make sure that you've got someone helping you because that horse has to be standing straight and square yes that is correct because if you have a uh, um, a leg out in front or behind that is going to change the angle when you're trying to fit so yes you want that horse to be on concrete or pavement and then also be to be squared up in the front end as well as the back end as well yeah Yeah. so and now one of the other important things I think that I would want to point out right away that you said is when you're looking at a custom-built saddle and you have a three-year-old Maybe now is not the time. That's, yeah. I would wait. I would, to be totally honest, I would rather uh, you try to find something that'll work for the time being. It may not be perfect, but that colt is going to change so much. By the time he's six, seven, or eight, he's going to grow into his body. He's going to be kind of muscled up the way he is going to be. Then if you're willing and wanting to spend that kind of money, you're not throwing your money away as a three-year-old, but you'll have him as a five, six, seven into his prime as the tree that you're going to need, and you'll you wouldn't have wasted that much money and wouldn't maybe not be potentially as frustrated (laughs) as a lot of people get to be. So there's that and then there's the people that have more than one horse. Yes. And so you said it's it's okay to try and find a saddle that's going to work for three horses and you might want to or a, a number of different horses and there's only so many body types sort of but you said they can't if they're fairly close, then you can use maybe a, a slightly different um, uh, depth of saddle pad. Yep, saddle pad thickness. Yeah, but you can't do that with polar opposites. Yes. So if one is a very short back, flat backed horse, and the other is longer and has a, needs a rocker, or you know has a high has a high wither, you, you're not you're not going to be able to make yeah. that work. If their if their body styles are pretty close with a saddle pad thickness, we can change that and get that to work quite well. But like you said, if we have polar opposites, they're just they're just so opposite. We can't find a common ground. It's it's gonna. It's, it's just, just not, not going to work. work. Um, <laughs> it's going to create frustration. It will. And it won't yep. be great for the horse. So the other thing, since we're talking about saddle pads, is you said, you know, the most thickness that you ever use in a saddle pad is seven-eighths of an inch. Yes, And you said correct. half to seven-eighths of an inch because when you start getting thicker than that, you destroy the fit of the saddle. That's correct, yeah. I uh, fit our horses to a bareback, and then from a bareback, I just go our saddle pad thickness up from there. I always tend to stay at a half inch to a three quarter. I don't like to go really much thicker than that. But some horses are individuals and need a, a little bit thicker saddle pad. So if they need that seven eighths, well, I'm more than willing to give them that seven eighths. But our our trees and our saddles actually fit the best yeah. with a thinner pad. And when people try to just pad up the horse 
else more, it just tends to make it rock and roll and, and slip yeah. and everything else. So so not a great idea. Um, while we're on the subject of saddle pads too, you also mentioned that these days saddle pads have a contour to them, or you can get them with a contour to them, which is far preferable to a straight saddle pad. Yes, because a horse's back is got shape and curve, so we want our saddle pad to be able to hug and follow the shape of that um, horse's back because then it's not bunching or pulling or tight it's going to be able to follow the curvature of that horse's back and then when you also put the saddle on it your pad is going to have the same um, I guess distributing of the weight and then your tree and your saddle will distribute that weight the same as well it's not going to be bunching and pulling in different places. A saddle pad can only do so much for you and the other thing was too I thought it was really interesting when you talk about um, needing a needing a, a rock to that so you've got the width of the of the gullet you've got the shape of the gullet which would be the angles the angles would be yep. less for a, a flatter wider horse yep right and you've got the length of the bars yep the only thing that they do have now that can maybe help you if you can't afford a custom built saddle that saddle pads can do is they now make bridge saddle pads bridge saddle pads yes so they're contoured and they have a wither opening and then they have four pockets on each side so if you're if you have a straight bar but your horse's back needs rock you can buy a bridge pad and you can take the felt out of the front and out of the back and you can stick it insert it into the pockets in the middle and that'll help that straight bar give that horse's back that has rock help yeah. and support of it supporting it yeah and not putting pressure on the front or the back but also just across the entire bar and that's it, what in ideal world that is what we're going for to get 100% so I love that I also love that you said too many people saddle their horses too far forward they put that saddle too far forward yes. and that creates all kinds of discomfort do you want to explain that a little bit yeah so when we're saddling our horses too far forward um, you can if you think about it putting a 50 pound back knapsack on your back and try to go run a marathon um you're only able to give your trainer as much as you can um if we put a bodysuit on you with that 50 pound bag and maybe move that bag back and actually put a hip strap on too that's going to distribute that weight a little bit more better and you're going to be able to go quite a bit further with that 50 pound bag same with our saddles if we're saddling that horse too far forward we're shutting that horse down we're not letting that horse that horse can only give you as much so he needs that shoulder space yes exactly he's he can only give you as much as he can give you but if we can move that that saddle back a bit behind them shoulder blades you're able to pick that horse up move him he's he can stop and spin and turn and go you know he'd be able to give you a lot more than so just because the saddle looks like it fits better when it's forward eventually it's going to work its way back and then it's going to start to rock and roll and yeah and i i suppose also it would um probably give girth galls underneath where the um, rubbing is but. depending yeah just depending on how well or how well not i guess the saddle is fitting you'll see the pressure points uh horses get the big sores up front uh the white hairs um pressure points that's what we call them yeah so. and so on top you were saying you know if people really want to know if their horse's saddle is fitting them number one they should pay attention to what the horse is trying to tell them even at 
the rail when yes. they're tied up. Yeah, a lot of horses, like our horses will tell us what's going on. We just have to be willing and open-minded to listen to what our horse is saying because um, some gals can bring saddles up to their horse and to throw them on and that horse is already dancing and not wanting to get saddled. And so something, that horse is relating that that saddle, there's pain related to that saddle, what's going on with it. So we just, us as a woman's got to kind of pay attention a little bit more sometimes too. Yeah, and then there was a lot of questions about, yeah, when, when you pull a saddle off and the horse is being sweating, what do you want to see on the horse or on the saddle pad? Um, you would, Ideally, you'd like to have a complete full wet saddle pad and same with the horse's back. You want it to be completely wet, um, nice, even hairs. The hair's all flowing the same way. You don't want to see any the whirls or bunching, bunching yeah. or back backed hair up um, yeah. or dry spots uh, you want to stick away you know what's going on if you have a dime size to a toonie size that's pressure points if you have a fist size dry spot I would rather see a fist size dry spot than, than a, a smaller than a smaller yeah okay yeah. so that's excellent too so I think we missed one little point too that I thought was really interesting um, with the saddle fit for the rider so you measure the inseam of the leg yes. you measure the the circumference of the thigh Yep. And then you also measured the length of the arm when they are when they reach out and they're holding reaching for the pummel. Right? Reaching for and the saddle horn, you bet. Yeah. Yeah. So you just measure the point of your elbow and you make a closed fist and you just basically measure from point to point because that's going to tell you if you have a longer arm or a shorter arm um, and your thigh is going to tell you what seat size you need. So if you have a longer arm but a smaller thigh, your arm is going to tell you you may like a 14 and a half slightly bigger, bigger saddle to be able to get your arm in and ahead yeah yes. and I thought it was so interesting especially you know you said if you're getting bruised on your thumb or wrist yep you're reaching past because you naturally want to reach a little further and if the saddle's smaller you bang your hand when you're grabbing that as you're coming back as you're, you're coming back. back that's fascinating and a lot of people said that so that's why you know it's a real um uh, Somehow you have to make all those things mesh. Yes, right. Yeah, and you only got 13, 14, 15 seconds to get it right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> things happen very quickly. So I know that there's so much more that you could go into, Julie. It was absolutely fascinating. But I think it's important for people to know that they should be accessing the services of a saddle fitter for like sure. Yourself. Absolutely, it's going to save so much frustration in the in the long run because you're going to get the information and you're going to learn because you, you don't know what you don't know. And um, once you have that knowledge, you're going to be able to distribute that to more horses coming on. Well, here comes the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and, you know, I think that we're very close to the end of, of everything that I was hoping to cover with you. We're trying to cram an hour and a half session down into 15 minutes and you thank you so much for that Julie. Well thank you so much. What we need to know is if people want to get a hold of you how can they do that? Absolutely so I have on Facebook my Facebook page it's Double J Saddle Fitter Julie Facet and um, you can get a hold of me on my email. Email is uh, jfacet at yourlink.ca and if you've got any questions or concerns just give me an email or a Facebook message and I'd be more than willing to help. Uh, you're a, a wealth of information. Thank you so much. Julie. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. So in summary, you need a horse to fit you and a saddle to fit you both. 
Diana, <laughs> you've had a lot of years using different saddles on many different horses and riders. And I'm just like, how do you deal with that, Diana? Because you <laughs> well, always seem to have it so under control. First off, I know nothing about Western saddles. All of my experience is mostly with English. So it was hilarious because I had a friend come out to... Well, uh, it, it was Dwayne came out and mm-hmm. he's a saddle fitter himself. Right. And I came out and I was asking, you know, what are the difference with my saddles? You know, what should fit who, right? And he looked at all my <laughs> saddles and he said, hate to tell you this, but they're all the same. Oh, really? <laughs> So so here I was going from saddle to saddle trying to make these saddles fit different horses. And the reason I was having no luck whatsoever was the saddles were all basically identical. Oh, brother. Yeah, it was really funny. Like they were just, they were, I had three all of the same make. Yeah. And then even the ones that weren't the same make were still the same basic. Yeah. The same basic saddle. But with the English, yeah, um, in essence... You keep a long list of which saddle fits which horse or pony, as yeah, the case may yeah. be, <laughs> and which riders can then fit in those saddles. Right. Yeah. And then you try to make them mesh in the lessons. Oh my goodness. So you can't make, like, you can't use the same two horses that use the same saddle no. in the same lesson. No. Or uh, maybe one person Might can have to go make bareback. Them Western. Yeah. <laughs> or Western. Anyway, it can be a challenge for sure. So basically, yeah. we number the saddles yeah. and then we make our lists. Yeah. And, you know, when we say we've got these riders and yeah. these horses, yeah. then we go. And then, and then, of course, you can always have said horse come in from the field. Right. With an injury. Oh, And then yeah. it's like, uh-oh. I know, yeah. Now we have to change out the horse. Change well, out the watch. Oh, gosh. It, it sounds, what? sounds like you need a good spreadsheet system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm always on the lookout for good saddles. Mm-hmm. But one of my nicest Pony One saddles was stolen some years back, and I've never been able to replace it. German made saddle. I'm really frustrated about that. And some saddles, amazingly, some of my English saddles, just a few, seem to fit almost every horse. And well, and, yeah. and their favorites are the riders. Well, so then it just comes down to which one is large enough to fit which rider maybe in. Because I remember mm-hmm. you tried a couple of different saddles on Lance and you said, well, this one fits him and this one fits him, but this one fits you and it doesn't fit, you know, like I remember that. So <laughs> it's so frustrating. <sighs> anyway, and my latest acquisition, acquisition was a nice bridge pad. So, you know, we were talking, she was talking in the interview mm-hmm. about a bridge pad. Right. And uh, Bailey, who's getting on now, who's mm-hmm like mm-hmm. 20 years old has quite a high wither mm-hmm. and quite a sway back oh. and so it becomes very difficult to fit her mm-hmm. but I did manage to get a bridge pad with uh, pockets right and just used it on her the other day and it was fabulous oh, it's beautiful it's merino wool so it's really soft and it's your and favorite color absorbent oh yeah I had to get my my blue yeah mm-hmm. you got yeah. that at the Saskatchewan Equine Expo didn't the you Saskatchewan Equine Expo yeah, yeah. cool and so far it seems to be just the cat's meow cool you know we have had a few interviews with people with regards to saddle fit and they've all had some really valid points to convey mm-hmm. and they were all very different I should compile a list of <laughs> of mm-hmm. the different uh, past episodes that we did interviews with people in and what we interviewed them on and get those maybe I need a spreadsheet too <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with topics and episodes and that sort of thing yes yeah for sure well you know I guess that brings us down to uh, what 
possible events are on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And I think that we should give our listeners a heads up. We need to let you all know that the Red Deer Main Event Expo is coming in April. It'll be happening on April 26th, 27th, and 28th at the Westerner Park facility in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. Mm -hmm. So you have all the... um, All the heads up in the world here. Yeah. All the time time the to world. start making plans. Yes. And it would be really nice it, if people made plans to join us there. It, it would be can. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, we could meet you in person. And just to entice you a little, did you know that a couple of the clinicians will be show jumper Jonathan Miller and Jill Barron with her working equitation expertise? Mm-hmm. So two very top clinicians, and I'm looking forward to being there. Um, and I guess that brings us to uh, what we really like to do is thank our patrons for helping us keep this podcast going. Without the help of our patrons, it would be much more difficult to get these episodes out. If you're listening to this podcast and enjoy the episodes, please help us bring more quality episodes your way by supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash equine podcasts. And you know, if you want to be in touch with us, I always find myself wondering what our listeners are up to. Mm-hmm. Mm. For example, do you have a favorite saddle that unfortunately doesn't fit your horse? Don't give it up. (laughs) You never know when you might need it again. Well, I have one, but it needs the padding replaced. So I need to get that done. Yes, you're stupid. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you have a way of finding out horse news and events? Or would you like it if we offered them weekly or daily? Mm -hmm. Have you introduced someone new to horses since the last episode? Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you're one of those horse crazy people who just don't know how to fill that horseless void... Let us know. We want to help you. Mm-hmm. Well, our newest listeners might be wondering how to be in touch with us. Mm-hmm. Well, for now, the easiest way for people to be in touch is via the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Our listeners are from all over the world, and we always like to welcome our newest visitors to the Equinely Inclined Facebook page. You can stop by our page at facebook.com slash equinelyinclined and click on the like button, and you'll hear your name when we welcome you at this spot in our next episode. And a little tip about this, if you click on the three dots to the right of the like button, it will give you an option to follow the page, and then you'll be notified of any posts we make. Right. And please remember this. Tell five friends about our Facebook page. When you do, you're helping others learn more about horses. And we love to help educate people about the many aspects of horses and other equines. Mm. And we love it when you share what you find on our Facebook page and in our podcast episodes with others. If we want positive impact for horses in our world, it takes all of us to help ourselves and others learn more. So let us know what you think of this episode and what else you would like to hear. Do you have an opinion on a horsey topic? Or is there one you wish us to cover? Talk to us. Don't be shy. Go to www.facebook.com slash equinelyinclined and leave us a message on the page. Mm-hmm. So the next episode, Diana, well, I'm going to be away for a week in the middle of March. But if all our plans go well, episode 180 should be out the first week of April. And we'll let our patrons know which interviews we'll have in that episode. Excellent. So make sure to check the Facebook page because we enjoy doing live videos and you never know what we might surprise you with. Oh yes, and please find a non-horsey person you think might enjoy knowing more about horses and engage them in conversation. Let them know more about everything we do. It would be great to have them join us on Facebook and as a podcast listener. And one last message, a heartfelt thank you to all our patrons for 
their support. And remember, supporting patrons at patreon.com slash equinepodcast gets an inside look at our lives. That's true. So, until our next episode, bye from Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belbar. And give your horses big hugs for us.